Thought Bubble Audio. Oh, welcome back, friends and lovers. Ooh, I like that sign-on. Yeah, ladies, gents, non-binary, everybody, maybe furries. Hi, welcome back to the Loud Women Podcast, where I, your problematic fave, Tookie Kavanaugh, and my good friend, Marissa Emanuel, break down the show Shrill on Hulu, starring A.D. Bryant. And we are here, back again, episode seven uh, it's we're, guys, we're almost through the journey. I feel like I need to comment on how far through the journey we are at the beginning of every, every episode, but it goes by so fast. You know, we do this, we do this show talking about Trill and it always ends way faster than I want it to. Much Ugh. like, I was going to say much like sex with Ryan as a transition, <laughs> but it's the opposite Ugh. of that. So, <sighs> so it's just on the brain. I'm looking at my notes for this episode and I'm like, oh yeah, we had another Another episode of Shrill where we get to start right out with some Ryan humping. Ah, okay. So I'm finally on board with Luca Jones himself in real life. Yeah, he can being good looking. But Ryan, why is he always wet? Why are you always wet, Ryan? Why? He's why especially during sexy moments. It's like he's got the. In between the boob sweat, it's Ugh. like dripping off his face. He's like, gr- there's little droplets of hair hanging from the front of his unshaven beard and like bangs. It's just so many droplets. Why are you always wet? I just, I just, I don't understand. I'm so confused. Wear more cotton, my dude. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Breathable fabrics but it's true especially during sex and i imagine that he would be very um like sleeping next to him in the same bed would be that sort of furnace effect where you're Mm. just like why is everything wet and you're just Mm. it's you realize it's the it's your partner Mm. so we so that is how we began this is how we begin we started on a good what if like this is somebody's first episode they're like oh loud woman podcast let me randomly pick my favorite episode episode seven and we're just like oh he's so wet during sex <laughs> not the good way anyway so that is how we begin this episode of shrill today we camera opens on annie and ryan in the server room at the office mm. and she decides she wants him to give it to her from behind and it's always just a, such a jarring way to start a television show um ooh, here's a fun fact and also why uh, I always question why I started to date interracially, but my, uh, my partner, I think <laughs> during dinner one night, like it was a date night and we were out and this is long after we had been intimate, but somehow in conversation, uh, the, the, um, classic literature, the joy of sex came up because somehow he'd gotten a, his hands on a copy when he was a child and, uh, discovered that what we nowadays call doggy style was uh labeled in it it, it it wasn't him it was the authors blame the authors of the joy of sex first edition from like the 70s doggy style was then known as sex a la negress 
fun fact for our listeners. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. I literally just watched the sound bar go up to like, Red, like you're being too loud in the microphone because I'm... Oh my God. Hi. (laughs) That is... What a fun fact to start this episode. And by fun fact, I mean horrifying piece of information that I wish I didn't know, but I will help carry that weight now that it is on my heart as well. I'm so sorry to all of our listeners, especially the white one. I mean, I'm sorry, y'all. No, to everyone. So, I mean, on that note, I, I, um, there's no way to transition back to my notes here. Well, no, because I, because, because that scene evoked that like i sub- i definitely suppressed that in my memory mm-hmm. but then that scene happened and i was like oh yeah <laughs> oh no i'm <laughs> i'm glad they changed the <laughs> the name of that for reasons but also for ryan that is that so that is what how we begin and i'm gonna say i am we're very body positive sex positive sex forward that's great do we tolerate the furries but here you i mean know, well not tolerate we we, we accept respect. we accept everyone we accept. is welcome there's no furry hate um, Let me just... but the one thing that i did did not need to see was him swinging around that full condom oh that will haunt me what and was what was what's prop jizz by the way oh i'm sorry our listeners are suffering i'm so sorry listeners. i would love an answer to that question actually like i'm trying to think about it like it's almost like what's viscous in the same no not important mm, not mm, worth getting mm, into mm, mm. so we're gonna move on from the <laughs> our six minutes we've spent discussing the first 30 seconds of this episode which we both hated um but you know what more power to him um so annie and ryan had sex at work anyway uh mm. ruthie we then bump into ruthie out in the office she sends annie into gabe's office so here uh gabe invites annie to his salon to his party that he's having with all of the fanciest people in town uh i love that she was the second alternate to john waters thought that was a really fun detail they both yeah they i mean they both love the kitschy prince i can see it that's true there is there is quite the overlap here also loved the detail that Amadi gets invited all the time because Gabe realized he has no black friends. <laughs> Which, honestly, I can see. I mean, you know, I get I get it because, like, he's woke and he has, like, the hot Asian husband. But, like, I can see where that sort of um, blind spot occurred. Because Portland. Because I told you about the black population in Portland, right? Yes. You you do, I, do I need a refresh for our listeners? You can do that a quick... I give you a 15-second refresh. Because the when I... When I first visited portland oregon uh the only other black person i saw in town was a portrait of martin luther king so i get i get why there was a dearth in gabe's life that's true i can see how it happened how he didn't have any black friends and i can also see him trying really hard to correct it so he did the optics weren't bad i could see him being very aware of the optics of that so i thought Mm. that was a fun little detail a salon i like that i like that he calls it a salon a salon uh, so we find out that uh, Gabe's big boss, the publisher, will go will be at the party, uh, and then we get get a nice little moment with one of my favorite bit characters, Maureen, uh, Joe Firestone. We find out she is going to be working as a cater waiter for the party. Um, one of the things I was thinking about during the show is we have these peaks and valleys of like 
a lot of activity and then things sort of slow down. And in the slower moments, they always fill the slower exposition heavy moments with total fucking weirdos. Mm. Like they like anytime mm-hmm. there's an empty little corner where they could just like wedge in a weirdo, they do. And I love it because they're all so delightful in their like weird, weird ways. And it doesn't kill the show's momentum. No, because they don't they don't build out a whole scene around this character. They just sort of fill in a little bit of they use her to deliver some exposition. They give and they're all these like memorable little moments. It's just really, really well written. Yeah. So I uh, shout out to you, Joe Firestone. I freaking love her. I'm like doing the Lord's work. I'm a big fan now. She's somebody that I've really gotten sold on from this show. So we are uh, we scoop back over to Fran and Annie's house. Fran and Emily are at home uh, talking about how Fran is going to throw herself a party uh, for her birthday, Fran Fest. We didn't get a lot of Fran this episode, but I I was glad to see in the moment we see her continuing this like journey of self, uh, you mm. know, putting herself first and prioritizing herself and just like throwing herself a birthday party. I was like, all right, if that's all we're going to get from Fran, I'll take it. Yeah, it's uh, I, it's only glimpses, but I'm glad we did get as much Fran as we did this season. Yeah, we've got much some needed. good Fran moments. Much, much needed. So we also find out that tonight is Burger League. So what? Um, is know, this what men do? Straight I, men. I need answers. I think that this this is a big part of it. Um, <laughs> so I also made a note that I love that Fran and Ryan have come to this like balance like this equilibrium where they Mm. don't like each other and she like openly razzes him but he just kind of takes it and it's sort of this nice little like moment of peace in between all of the arguing where they're like we have to coexist let's just like do this as best we can there's an understanding between them Mm -hmm. i've noticed where at least they keep their distance and ryan sort of he's he's just sort of hidden in the attic he's you know he knows to stay out of the way. He knows to. Fu- where's the dog? Ever since the dog got on shrooms, where's the dog? We have bonkers. Seen, okay, we let's not raise the alarm. I think we have seen bonkers this season a couple of times. But you're right. He was not in this episode. I hope that he's okay. We we do we send out a search party for bonkers? Like I'm. I'm I think we just thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers okay. for bonkers. Okay. Um. So. I'm only going to mention the, so the next season, the next episode, we, excuse me, the next scene, we see uh, Ryan and Annie standing outside waiting for the lift. The only thing that I thought was really notable here is she says to him that she doesn't want to have sex with him anymore at work. Mm. And in, and, and his initial response, this was like a really telling scene. And I think set the, set the tone for the rest of the episode. Um, he he didn't receive that information super well and was surprised by it and and didn't really like it and finally he came around and and I wrote down he said work is really important to you so i get it and just the way that he framed it like so work is important to you implication being work is not important to me and even just the way he framed like work quote unquote is important yeah. to you it's not like he doesn't understand like, this is her passion. This is her career. It's just like, yo, work is important to you. So, okay. And it was just this moment, again, where you're like, you see this disparity between their levels of intellect. Yeah. It's weird because, again, I mean, I think this is a credit to Luca's acting where he is playing this character who is um, astoundingly dumb. Because you've seen in conversations where it's like, 
you talk to a, a, a dude, I'm going to say it, a dude, and it's like, oh, literally in one ear and out the other. But it's like they at least process the words, but it, but they flow out the other ear. Like they're deliberately ignoring you. Whereas this, this is like, this is like, you know, someone trying to unscramble alphabet soup, but it's all L's. It's all <laughs> L's and Q's. Like he's, it's it's like he's trying to get there, kind of, but it's yeah, he's only picking the L's and the Q's. He can't actually get the whole point. Of right. The so I mean, I credit the acting for sure. I think, like I mentioned before, it takes a really skilled actor to portray that kind of believable stupidity. Yeah, that's true, and it's it's a really it's a good it's a good performance. It's a yeah. good performance. I'm so convinced. <laughs> I buy I it. Even, I buy. I don't it. even know the dude, and I'm like, ah, you know. So, uh, so we get to the we get to Gabe's party. Uh, we see Gabe is already wound up because he is worried that he's coming off quote too cunty. He invited all the quote cunts, and now he is coming off as one of them, which I imagine is a common problem with these parties if you're inviting only bougie ass people it's going to be a bougie ass party see but this is not an element that necessarily surprised me because not that i'm a resident but after having been in portland right i'm like this place doesn't have a seedy underbelly it has like a very bougie pretentious underbelly like Mm -hmm. i like because on its surface it's put a bird on it and everybody's so chill but i'm like "Mm, you people don't eat brie you eat camembert right (laughs) yeah you can tell there's a little bit of a taking themselves super seriously kind of kind of undertone Mm. uh so he immediately clocks that annie brought ryan and says quote you brought a distro guy at your (laughs) as your date uh, and then quickly realizes uh, how good this is for him and how it's going to make him look like a man of the people instead of looking pretentious. Uh, and then a last really important moment from this is uh, Annie asks Ryan to get her a glass of wine and he says that he will get her a pink wine. And that is, I think he should be burned for calling Rosé pink wine. Did you and- feel personally attacked? Yes. <laughs> so- I, I was like, no, no. Pink wine is white Zinfandel. Okay. That is for children and for people that are much older than me. Okay. It's rosé, Ryan. Get it together. Oh, I, there, I sense some hurt. A little spicy white lady just came out. I was like, mm, <laughs> don't you diss my rosé, Ryan. Oh, <laughs> I mean, little I, Karen I- just came out. A little, a little bit of Sue Ann there, because like I just felt the the live laugh love placard tilt a little <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> just w- when I start having signs around my house that say like it's time for mommy juice with a oh, little boy. picture of wine next to it, that's when you know it's a real problem. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so Amadi introduces Annie to Nick, who is a hottie with a mustache. Uh, he's got the push broom action happening and I'm not mad. I'm kind of here for it. It does not happen that way very often. Tookie, you don't, you do not see an attractive mustache very often and we have it. And, and it's a face mask compliant. If you've seen the diagram, (laughs) not to alarm our listeners, but like homie with the push broom is, uh, also going to be safe from airborne illnesses. So, and that's good to keep in mind because, Definitely Ryan's beard is not face nope. mask compliant. No, nope. he doesn't so, even oil it. Like, fuck you. 
in these times where things are getting really scary, you know, with coronavirus and all this stuff, you want to be with a man who's got, you know, it's going to be safe. So clean, clean shaven might be the new because I mean, like with a lot of guys having a beard is their personality. Stop it. Yes. But like 95 percent of guys look better with a beard. I know. I know. I know. It's science. I know. I know. I know. I have feelings about beards. All right. That's a whole other episode, I think. it's No, I mean, mostly good feelings. No, I do too. But I could go on for a whole episode about my good feelings about beards. True. I haven't seen my husband's chin since we got together. Really? I don't know what it looks like. <gasps> anyway. Uh, so <laughs> That's a scandal. So I like that Nick has, uh, on top of his cool mustache, he also has a very cool dog that's a model named Popcorn. So already that's a couple of things that Nick has that I already like him better than Ryan. Uh, I mean, might be a cat. He's not a Lamar level catch. No one is. <laughs> no one. <laughs> but, but, I'm, Lamar. but I'm saying though, Annie, you know, so, you might want to so slide into some DMs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Slide into the DMs. Uh, so, <clears throat> so Ryan comes into their conversation like a bull in a china shop and just is like elbowing everyone to get into the group uh nick volunteers to introduce annie to the boss uh and annie does this move uh where she essentially asks amadi to babysit her boyfriend and she just goes oh amadi you can you and ryan can chat for a minute while i go network right and i just had such a visceral reaction to that that Ah. idea of like Oh, I need to leave my boyfriend with a babysitter because he is incapable of holding a conversation. It's one thing to like kind of, you know, help someone out a little bit. Like I'm not I'm not saying you have to like leave your man high and dry or your partner high and dry. Uh, but just the way that she needed to like she knew she couldn't leave him alone. I just yeah. it was another little like Ooh. Yeah, cuz like Gabe's house very much looks like a you break it you buy it kind of house. <laughs> you know what it's I mean? True. Like it it, it was it had all the elements to it, minus the plastic on the furniture. It very much felt like Caribbean granny house. So, <laughs> so which I grew up with. I can talk. So, you know, leaving him unsupervised is unwise. It was bad. And then we go right into uh, the conversation where uh, they're trying to talk to Sheila, who's the boss. And we see this juxtaposition between how Ryan is in this moment and how Nick is because Nick does this funny, this, this little thing where he sees, okay, somebody intercepted to go talk to Sheila, but I want to keep Annie right here so we can swoop in right after they're done with their conversation. It was like pro level networking move and the way he kind of positioned her right there and was like, I'm managing the situation. I've got you right after she had to leave her boyfriend because like with a babysitter, I was just, I, I love when they sort of do these juxtapositions where it makes it so clear in these little moments, how shitty Ryan is and how much Annie is settling. Um, yeah, I, I really love, uh, Nick's strategy there. Strategic networking. We stand, we stand a white collar wingman. We do. I love that. A white collar wingman. It's so true. Cause you need, just like you need someone to back you up at the bar. Mm. You need somebody who's going to talk you up to your boss's boss and help you get that money. I mean, that's a sweet, sweet in. So yeah, I love that. You know, kuda, kudos. Uh, but yeah, thank God for Ruthie to save Amadi from Ryan. But like also now he's unsupervised. 
it, that was what I thought. I said immediately R- Ruthie came in and uh, and now what's going to happen to Ryan? This is where shit starts to get to get real. So we do have this cool uh, or the, not cool. Cool is a stupid word. We have an interesting uh, <laughs> an interesting subplot between Ruthie and Amadi here. So she pulls Amadi into her bedroom and Amadi finds out that she is living with Gabe and Tony. Um, and he immediately has this like disapproving kind of mm. strange reaction. Um, and we see actually like this rare moment of vulnerability from Ruthie where she just totally lashes out at him. Did you, how did you read that scene? Uh, I, I mean, okay. I had always kind of felt like there was a deep seated insecurity with Ruthie's character because you're not that bat shit without being also hyper self-aware if that's even a Mm. term. Right. Um, and so she's so, and she's also so tuned into other people's situation and roasting them about such detailed and specific things that I'm like, what is going on at home? <laughs> yeah. What did she say to Amadi? Like, oh, your wife only wants to fuck you because you have money Make or something money. Yeah. really personal. Like pointed. Just like, ooh, drag me. Right. Um, so, and, but like anytime we've gotten glimpses of her in the office or even at the roller rink where it's just been like this, these very specific barbs that she aims at people where it's like, she, you know, you can tell like this is sort of a deflection tactic with the character. Yeah, it's true. And it's, it, she, she definitely wrapped that conversation up really quickly and just skipping ahead a little bit to when mm-hmm. she pulls Amadi aside a few minutes later. Um, and he essentially starts to apologize uh, and implies that she must have been kicked out of her parents' house or have a bad relationship with her family because she's uh, trans. And she, I, I thought it was really, really interesting. And I'm curious what you think about mm. this, the handling of this, because she basically accused him of um, thinking that her life was, quote, trauma porn. Trauma porn. Um, and, and then she says, if that was, if that really is the case, it's none of your business. And I thought that was a really good moment because another thread we've seen throughout this show, and frankly, like the whole this this episode and the whole the whole season, is that it's a lot of people who fancy themselves to be quite woke, um, and mm. they they really think that they're in tune and they're being really like just really woke. And there's a certain congratulatory nature that comes, like a self congratulatory nature that comes in, and you can almost. I, I felt like she was kind of calling Amadi out on that a little bit. That he's like, "No, oh my God, you've had such a hard life." Like, of course, and she's like, "No, no, no." Like, you don't know my shit. Like, this is not your place to get off on like being super woke. I don't know. Is that how you read that, or am I am I overanalyzing this? No, I think your analysis is pretty like on the head. I didn't. I didn't, I try, I think I forced myself not to think too, too deeply about it, to be honest, because it's like, when you think about a character like Ruthie, and then, you know, the whole implication that she must have had some sort of um, traumatic, I guess traumatic is the word, uh, incident regarding her family and coming out to them and stuff. Uh, But also the fact that on her own, that aside, like her gender identity aside, she's already... Uh, what I like to call a couple slices short of a loaf, right? (laughs) So it didn't, the revelation that she lives with Gabe and Tony didn't surprise me because Gabe would harbor a potential criminal who owns a gas mask collection. (laughs) 
it's true they do have like the spiritual connection yeah so like i guess her her living with him doesn't surprise me because he wants to be the the foster dad to the children you can sponsor for five cents a day right like he, he i just i i already get the vibe that he like wants to take people in for the visuals more so for for than the gesture and ruthie does a lot for the visuals as well so it's like of course those two are going to come together yeah it's a really good point it's this whole episode is there's a lot of commentary on just optics and you know people people doing things in relationships for the optics and how they're going to look in front of other people and how they look to you know society as a whole versus how they look to one person it was it's all about perception oh yeah i mean uh, but perception aside i think it was also a good call out of ryan like you know him thinking oh this is hoity-toity snootiness when it's like no you're just in a room full of adults with priorities and career aspirations and you know ambition yeah exactly so you know going back to to the rest of the party um Sheila and Annie are talking and Sheila's a big fan of Annie's article that went viral and there it, it was cool to see her have this moment of recognition where somebody was actually really validating hey you're really talented because she doesn't really get that from the people around her her boyfriend's a fucking idiot and her boss is kind of an asshole so it was nice to see her get that moment of actual validation I love the day and night contrast between Sheila and what's her head from yeah, what's her head ass? Waham. Waham. <laughs> right? I love I love that where it's like we go from we go from work it fat bitch, right? For the optics of it to yeah. to someone saying like you wrote this article, hello, I'm fat, but it's not about it's it's not about the body that wrote the article. It's about the mind who put that all together. It's about the human being who had this experience. That's totally fair. I didn't even, I didn't even necessarily draw that comparison, but that's a really good point. And, you know, while you have Vanessa Bayer's Waham character on one side uh, being, you know, I'm the boss, babe, I'm a girl boss, like take ownership of your life. Like, yeah. All disrespect to LuLaRoe. All disrespect. Um, And then on the other side, you have Sheila, who is super successful is doing the work of trying to help lift up another woman and try to help give her advice to be successful in a real way. And not Um, charging her $300 for it. Exactly. It's like, oh, this is actually how women should be supporting other women in the real world. Not like, yeah, give me your money and then, you know, I'll give you this water bottle and a notebook. (laughs) Um, It's, it, it was really, it was a cool, it was a cool moment. And as she, Sheila warns Annie that, Gabe is a narcissist and sort of tells her to watch her back and tells her to to apply to other publications. And while they're having, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, it's on. just no, no, no. I, I oh, oh, you saw the look on my face. I did. Uh, I was about to pivot, and I was like, no, Tookie's got no, something. No, it's just real. It was really refreshing to have somebody in that world in this story actually call Gabe what he is. It That's was a really such good point. a. It was such a weight off of my shoulders as the viewer where it's like somebody actually sees through all of this. Somebody actually is clocking him for who and what he is. And for all the uh, surface good that he's done, it's all to benefit Gabe. Yeah, 
It's true. Everyone else that we've seen that interacts with Gabe is his subordinate. And so this is the only time we've gotten a real candid perspective on his bullshittery. Mm, Not necessarily a neutral perspective because she is the boss. True. But like, whoa, hey, oh my gosh, somebody who like has vision then sees that the emperor has no clothes mm-hmm. yeah yay Take she was very back to grade forward <laughs> she was very direct about it too like she wasn't beating her on the bush mm. um speaking of being very direct and then uh we see ryan barge into the conversation again when he leaned in and grabbed her butt i literally screamed i was watching on my couch and i just was like no like no <laughs> no like what the fuck See, speaking this is of the a stuff butt that, this is the stuff that gets me really wound up it's like the professional stuff i'm like no this is her work what this is this is a lot of virgo energy but also there's a cat butt in the background there is i know you guys probably heard them meowing earlier both of them were like knocking on the door it's just it's <laughs> now he's digging through my laundry it's fine but but I want to say I, I adore the Virgo energy, the professionalism, the like, be on time, be punctual, don't <laughs> grab true. ass at work. It's true. Those are my three, my three <laughs> rules of professionalism from Marissa. Be punctual, be on time, don't grab ass at work. I know the first two are the same, but they're very important. So that's it's why very really important. Them. It's very important. No, punctuality is, is like across the board. It's key, baby. Yeah, uh, deadlines. So this is when we see Gabe get a little bit desperate, um, and he is he's panicking, and he goes, "All right, it's it's time. I have to I have to perform David Bowie at my home." The ghost of David Bowie definitely rolled over in his Egyptian sarcophagus. I don't know what they buried him in, or if they sprinkled his ashes into space, but they rolled over. <laughs> there have been so many amazing music moments this season. I will say, like we've gotten a lot of really awesome musical moments. Yes. Oh, from the uh, cabaret. Yes, that was the best. I think that was still my favorite. Oh yeah. But then, oh, yeah. like Fran, you know, doing her karaoke moment. There's some great, great musical moments. Um, I loved watching how seriously Gabe took himself in this, but I will also say we forget that John Cameron Mitchell is like a very talented, he's been on Broadway, he is, and so it was actually, as much as we hate Gabe, it was a delight to watch. Yes. I enjoyed it. I love the fact that they're, okay, within eight episodes, unlike six, it's really nice to see these uh, initially peripheral characters have more space to shine, especially the actors underneath those characters, mm-hmm. to display their talents. So I'm like, oh, yes. We get to unfurl Gabe a little bit. And I still, he still grates me. He still grates my taint. But, but I love me some John Cameron Mitchell. How you doing? Come join the <laughs> podcast. Okay, bye. Grates my taint. That's a new one. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... I screamed yet again when Ryan said he, quote, made the executive decision and he's getting a lift. Um, and I didn't know he knew the word executive. <laughs> that's a really valid point. I don't think he knows what an executive decision is. I'm, I'm, I'm holding back my big Virgo energy, but I'm having the same reaction where I'm like, this is her work. This is the biggest night of her like career so far. Get your shit together and just leave like honestly just leave like don't just be like i need to go you stay here like that is what if if burger night is that important burger burger league burger league i was like i know there's a bullshit (laughs) boy name to it if burger league is that important go by yourself 
is there a burger league in Massachusetts? And if so, burn it. I don't want my man anywhere near that. <laughs> well, not, I mean, he's vegetarian, pescatarian, but like, nah, burn it. You and I can join burger league. Okay. Infiltrate. Yes. Yes, we will. Uh, so we, uh, we see then Ryan goes outside to wait for Annie and then calendar Cody, who I'm pretty sure we called from the beginning is probably a piece of shit. I feel like we just, they set him up to be an asshole from the beginning. Hmm. And when he comes in and right out the gate starts talking about how, uh, how Annie had sex in the office Ugh. and how the I, distro guys were talking about it. I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed in him. It, okay. Right. But like, it's weird because he gets weird passes. He gets these like unorthodox passes that I feel like a white character had this had calendar Cody been portrayed by a white actor. It would come off differently. Right. Where it's like, you know, homie just rolls up in pajama bottoms and socks and Birkenstocks and his BFF with his grandmother. Like if it's a white guy, that's weird. Does he have an address? Does he need social <laughs> services? Whereas, whereas, whereas my dude calendar Cody right here, I mean, he does all the same things and we're like, oh, he's probably a member of Brockhampton or like the 146th member of Wu-Tang. We don't know. It's true. He definitely has a different, uh, different vibe about him. Yeah. That's for sure. We give him it, passes. You're right. It's weird. We give him these weird passes. I don't know why. It's because even in that moment, like I'm pretty sure if it had been a white guy, I hope it, I, I it just, I think it. it I also just don't know why in general it wasn't like, what the fuck? Like, I'm surprised everyone didn't look at him. But everyone knows, we all know everyone likes calendar Cody, so they're letting it go. But like, if that had happened and I was in that group, I'd be like, what the fuck? And just seeing her, that moment, this was a really good A.D. Bryant, like, acting mm. moment. Like, seeing her process that that information was just revealed, like, that is horrifying. And I Absolutely. was so, I just, I felt that so much for her and it just broke my heart. It, um, um, oh yes. A.D. Bryant, congratulations to you. You are grossly underutilized on that other show because, so oh, the emotions. I felt the feel, I, like it wasn't even where, it wasn't even a moment where the director has to force in a, a, a zoom in. Or I I don't I don't know the English word. Yeah, you didn't even this. have to get a close shot. You right. just could feel it. That's the word, a close up. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it wasn't even like uh, you didn't have to rely on editing to mm. capture the emotion there. It was just all her and her acting and her ability to express this horror and terror and um, it, the fact that things are she's still in a very high stakes situation because she just got her job back she just re-earned the respect of her colleagues in the office and she's in what an incubator shall we say with like the boss boss who wants to give her a shot yeah, she's in one of the highest pressure like all of those pieces coming together this is such a high pressure moment for her and already that's like super stressful and then to have that thrown on top like i would have i would have freaking broke down crying right there i that would have been horrifying mm. so you know she sort of quickly makes an exit and goes outside to talk to ryan he confirms that he told uh reggie one of the other distro guys and she basically and he expresses like i might get fired like i might lose my job for this and like he responds like fuck gabe who cares about him they're all pretentious assholes like to your point 
earlier, he can't contextualize why this is important. He's like, oh, the people are acting like normal human beings. They must be assholes. That said, Gabe is a pretentious asshole. That one's fair. But the fact he that, earned that. <laughs> he did earn that. But the fact that that was Ryan's only response, not like, I really fucked up. I'm so sorry. It was like, why do you care? Like, bud, you're living in a society where we all have jobs and like are trying to make a living. That's why you should care. Like, it's really, really, it was so shitty. And yeah, you know, and she had to actually say to him, you know, I care. So you should care, too. And he just cannot get there. He isn't he does not have that like level of intellect empathy i don't know it, no the the intellectual and emotional iq are v- both very low and uh the the more we get to know ryan the more i support him not having any sort of custody <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me <laughs> i had a oh. feeling this was going to be about the kid this was... is it's always about the kids think of the ch- i mean everybody born after like 2005 to me is weird but think of the children they're all so small um so So sorry to our listeners by the way i don't know why i had a whole ribbit in my throat just a little just a little coronavirus Um, (gasps) sorry bad joke stupid joke uh so basically annie decides to stay um and ryan says quote i just spent two hours at this stupid party for you and i just wrote red flag for abuse like this concept of oh i did this for you is such a fucking abusive manipulating tactic it makes me so angry the virgo energy is coming out i can't it's a it's a oh my god it's a whole red tarp it's a whole (laughs) i just it's It's not even a flag anymore it's just you're swimming in a red bloom algae ocean sweetie Paint quite the picture. I am. I'm going there. So, uh, so she says that she's going to stay, and he makes the decision to get in the lift, which is such a great visual of giant ass Ryan climbing into this tiny Camry in the back. What, like, what was it like a like Toyota a little, Yaris? <laughs> it just looks so ridiculous. It was such a small car, and he's such a big man. And then Annie's just like, "Bye, baby." Like in his little shorts and his little like he had like a short sleeve button up on, and I was just like, "Oh my god, you look like such a little man baby right now." They really shout out to the wardrobe department on Shrill because they they're nailing it. They're killing it. The wardrobe Shrill's wardrobe department is absolutely killing it with just nailing who these characters are. Because, you know, we we know the saying clothes don't make the man, but like the visuals. Right. And sometimes you can really tell you can nail a character. You can tell a lot about a person just by the, the, the wardrobe choices they make. It's true. And if they, they have the it. agency to do so. Yeah, they nail it with Ryan because his wardrobe just really showcases how much of a man baby he is in the moments where it's most crucial. It like gives when me... He, the, when oh, he needs sorry. to look like an adult, he really looks like the most baby man. No, he gives me very much childhood photos of FDR. Google those. Wow, I guess we all have our homework to do tonight. That is a deep cut. <laughs> but I'm going there. So that was uh, that was episode seven that's what we got that was we leave on annie going back into the party and and ryan leaving i'm very proud of annie for being like nah fuck that uh i'm going back in i'm taking care of me because he doesn't take care of her that's true and that was one of those burger league burger league burger league League. it's one of the few moments she prioritized herself and i was so happy to see it um, so that is it. Next, this is the penultimate episode. So it next is. episode is the finale. Now, 
we can be honest because we're at the end of the road pretty much Chucky have you cheated and gone ahead and watched the last episode only up to the first commercial break on Hulu I haven't watched any of it, so I don't know. <gasps> oh, I'm, I've been bad. I wasn't sure. We had tra- <laughs> we we had travel to do. We had it's stuff. true. We had adult. You know, we have we've been, been back and forth. We've, we've been all over the place. We've been all over. Some of us eloped. Some of us. I don't know. We did things. Oops. Did I? Uh, anyway, so you know, we've been doing. <laughs> we've, we've all we've, been really busy, um, and we're we're getting ready to wrap this shit up, baby. So, um, I don't. I don't know how this this thing ends. I've somehow managed to avoid spoilers this whole time, which is a miracle. Um, thank you for nobody um, blasting them to like our Instagrams or anything like thank that. Thank you. Because thank it you. was important, I think, to like process this. I, I put it out were. there that I got Hulu with the commercials because it's free with Spotify. So, so I watched up to like the first little commercial break, but that's it. That's okay. That's I won't it. hold it against you. That's it. So, uh, guys, we will be back next week to talk about the finale. We're very excited. Are you ready? The end of the journey, baby. Well, so, not the not the end end. The podcast not the end, is forever. The end for right now. Uh, guys, in the meantime, give us a little bit of a follow on social media at Loud Women Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, leave us a little review if you feel like it. Uh, it's just nice. And yeah, it helps. we're here. Uh, our listeners, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for the continued support. Uh, don't follow me on social media, but definitely follow at Loud Women Pod on Instagram and Twitter. All right, guys, we will talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Stay safe. Take care of yourself. We love you. Bye.